This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Baldy's Breakdowns on radio.com. I'm Jason Locke and Fora, sitting beside, more or less, pretty much beside, right? We'll say beside me is my friend Brian Baldinger. You guys know him for his Baldy Breakdowns on social media. Everything he does covering the NFL in a way nobody else does. We're going to be with you guys here every week, every Wednesday specifically, taking you around the NFL, looking at the latest news and notes, developments, what's going on with players, what's going on with trends, everything you could possibly need. Please subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys get your favorite podcast. And again, we'll be coming to you Every Wednesday today, we will be focusing primarily on the AFC. And, Baldy, we got a lot to get to here, brother. We're going to go through this entire conference here, and I'm very interested to see who you like and maybe who you're not so sure about. Yeah, well, listen, Jason, I mean, I've I've pulled my mask down Good man. so I don't sound too muffled here today. Uh, we are doing an excellent job of social distancing yes. here. So our protocols are in place here. We Jason. are. I mean, we've we are bald. We, we've got good protocol here. I had my temperature taken. Uh, I'm ninety seven point three. I usually fluctuate, Jace, between ninety seven point one and ninety seven point six. So I'm right where I need to be. Uh, no fever, no symptoms. That's your playing uh, temperature, Baldy. Right, you're right at your playing temperature, basically. Yeah, I mean, I like to stay cool here. You know, <laughs> I like to stay cool in the heat of August. Yes. Um, you know, anytime the temperatures uh, near or pass triple digits, That's, we're in football yes, season. Sir. So uh, I'm excited, Jason. We, you know, with, with this whole uh, really buildup to September 10th at Arrowhead, um, you know, it's been pretty interesting because while teams are in training camp, this is like no other right. training camp. And they, they physically can begin putting the pads on. Because I never think training camp begins until somebody starts thumping the oh, other yeah. guy on Monday, August 17th. Now I hear guys are going to be on the field uh, this this weekend, so I think it's probably just helmets. Uh, so really, no hitting right. yet. But starting Monday, uh, we can really start to hear the sound of football. And I always tell Jason, I mean, not to we're going to get to this uh, the AFC conference, but I always tell people that if you really, really want to see what the NFL is all about. You need to be down on the sideline for a game and just close your eyes and just hear the game of football. Because when you hear the game of football at at the speed and at the collisions that are made and you hear it, it just it's something that TV really can't capture. But if you want to see just how fast, how big, how loud, how these hits, how impactful they are, just close your eyes on the sideline during a game. And just listen to the game. Baldy, it cracks me up when you hear people say, football's not the same. And, oh, football's changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe it has a little bit. But, I mean, you stand there and, to your point, close your eyes, and it sounds like a herd of cattle at times. It sounds like a thoroughbred thumping, you know, on a grass field at times. And the thuds and the grunts and the groans and, you know, guys, oh, my goodness. No, it is. Uh, please, you, you know, to that point, though, Jason, like like let's just take a middle linebacker that we all loved to watch when we were younger, like Jack mm-hmm. Lambert. You know, I mean, a Hall of Fame linebacker from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I think Jack Lambert weighed 215 pounds, maybe. 
you know, or Dick Butkus. You know, Dick Butkus ran a five-flat 40. I mean, Devin White, the middle linebacker for Tampa, came out of the combine last year out of LSU, weighing 244 pounds, and he ran a 4-4-2. Like, Ray Lewis never came close to anything like that. So, you know, I played against Randy White as a rookie, Jason. Randy White was 258 pounds. You know, you're in Baltimore. Haloti Nada weighed 330 pounds. You know, Brandon Williams weighs 345 pounds in Baltimore. I mean, we're just talking about bigger, stronger, faster than it's ever been. So you could talk about all the rule changes and all this. Guys from the 80s couldn't play in this era. Maybe it's wide receiver. Maybe Jerry Rice certainly could. And, you know, Dion certainly could. But for the most part, when you talk about line play, Offensive and defensive linemen couldn't play in today's well, game. And Baldy, a guy like Haloti Nana, as big as he was, could alley-oop a ball to himself and slam dunk it on a basketball court. Like, the the the, the ability, I mean, how many balls did he knock down? How many times did we see yeah. him, like, levitate at that weight? Yeah. I mean, it's, no, these, yeah. these guys, it's it it takes a freakish uh, physical ability to be able to compete uh, in this league these days, no doubt about it. Well, Baldy, we're... We're both kind of more or less East Coast guys at this point. We're based on the East Coast. So why don't we start in the AFC East? Um, The Buffalo Bills playoff team. I love their defense. I think they're going to run the ball even better. But obviously, everybody wants to talk quarterbacks, and I understand that. Um, You know, some people are looking at Josh Allen saying, can he be the guy who gets the Bills over the hump? I I don't even know if he has to be that guy, Baldy. I just think he has to stay within himself. Um be that point guard, make some big plays when they're there, use his feet to help their overall run game and not screw it up for that defense. And look, I think Brandon Bean and, you know, they and, and Sean McDermott, they're doing it the right yes. way. Uh, you know, they selected Josh Allen and they said he's our franchise guy. And when you do that, your responsibility as a general manager, as, an, as a coach, is to never stop building around him. And when they went out and made a trade for Stephon Diggs, um, you know, that said a lot because the year before they picked up John Brown and Cole Beasley, and they were great additions to uh, just a pathetic wide receiving core. Nobody even is there anymore from when Josh Allen was first drafted. But to add Stephon Diggs, and, you know, people like to throw around, you know, titles about players, number one wide receiver. Well, if you're number one wide receiver, go beat the best corners in the league. And Stephon Diggs has been doing that for a couple of years. Doesn't matter who lined up in front of him. He can separate. He can beat him. And so he's got himself a real number one wide receiver. I think uh, Devin Singletary at running back last year really, really came on. He took, he really learned a lot from Frank Gore the first half of the season. And then he took over, you know, and then, you know, they just added pieces around him. And I, I, I kind of agree that he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to put up Patrick Mahomes numbers. Not when you play defense the way Buffalo does in their second best defense in football last year. And, you know, just take care of the football. Um, make your share of plays. He's always going to be a threat running the football. Uh, you know, he, he ran for nine touchdowns yep. last year, Jason. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a threat. He, he's a threat. And he is, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to talk to, to Josh Allen. I have many times. He is, he is a great guy. He, it's, it, 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 he has, it's not about him. It's about he's going to give credit to everybody else. I mean, he just does everything that you pray that your franchise leader can do. And he gets along well with everybody on the team. Um, and he's a highly, highly competitive guy. And I think he's just going to 
he's just going to continue to steadily improve. He, he's never going to have the accuracy of, you know, some of the elite yep. throwers in this league. Um, because he's like one of those fastball pitchers we grew up, like Nolan Ryan. He's just going to be wild. It's, it's going to be part of him. You're not going to be able to tame it. But you're going to take all the big plays that he can make. Um, and I think you'll learn from that playoff loss against Houston last year. Yeah. One thing with him I'd like to see, Baldy, is, is sometimes, to your point about Nolan Ryan, he comes out a little hot, man. That fastball, he wants to throw at 103, yeah. 104 in the first quarter. He kind of wants to show yeah. I'm the man, right? And if you look at him, he, he generally settles into the game and gets better as it goes along. I think if he could just, you know what I mean, inhale, exhale a little bit early, stay within himself, it'll be better for the Bills. Um, the Patriots, always an interesting team. Now, perhaps more interesting than ever as the hoodie remains. Tom Brady departs. Cam Newton <laughs> comes in the back door very late in the offseason. I am beyond uh, just fired up to see what this thing looks like, to see what Cam can do. Uh, what do you think of the Patriots, buddy? Well, I think as long as, you know, Bill Belichick is there, you have to you have to take him seriously. Yeah. I mean, like almost every single – every year we sit down in a a summit, you know, at mm. Fox Sports, NFL Network, Jason, you know, at CBS, and, you know, the, the, the officials come in and they, they talk about rule emphasis and rule changes. And inevitably, every year, the New England Patriots have done something to usurp the yes. rules. I mean, they're taking – not to, to, to ignore them, but to take them as far as you can take them. And the league has to step in and go, okay, we're not going to allow this – I mean, they just are – and the only point about the rules is to basically just tell you that there's nothing that they don't look at to try to gain an advantage. And that's what coaching really is. And so I'm intrigued because this roster doesn't look very good, no. Jason. When no. you just – they lost the entire linebacking core when Dante Hightower opted out. I mean, the entire starting – Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, they're all gone. And they were the number one defensive football. And they were outstanding at understanding all their principles and how they rushed the passer and sacked the quarterback. I mean, they were just different than everybody else. But I am I am really intrigued by Cam because I don't think Bill Belichick is going to stop coaching his quarterbacks in front of the team as hard as he coached mm. Tom Brady. But if you do that to Cam, is he going to respond? And how is he going to respond? Because I don't think he's that type of player that you can just call out in front of a room. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll take to it. Maybe he'll just love Bill Belichick. But I I, I think it, it, it. I think Josh McDaniels is going to love the challenge, the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to rejuvenate him to a great degree. Um, this is going to be a lot more Josh McDaniels than it's been in the past, where Brady could basically pull out any play over 20 right. years and be able to do it right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, this is – you know, Cam is – he's look, I, all these guys have to go through it. Brady's going through it in Tampa right now. they got to learn a new playbook, and it's not going to be easy for Cam. But I am – I do think it can work. I do think the offensive line, even Mark, minus Marcus Cannon, can be good. I think they can be a good running football team. I think Cam can help facilitate yes. that. So it's going to be different than what we've seen for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated to see how they use Cam and moving a mesh point around and, and run action and, and really using him his his physical attributes to make everybody in that run game better. Um, 
We know he's going to coach up the defense. Uh, those writing off the Patriots in August uh, do so probably <laughs> at your own demise. I, I think the Dolphins are the other team in that division that at least has a chance to kind of be interesting. And I'm not going to say a factor, Baldy, but an ascending franchise that now looks like they're done with the the hard stuff in terms of parting with with veterans and getting rid of the cam wakes of the worlds and the you know the the, the quins of the world they're now adding that they're now to me in my estimation starting to ascend um and it'll be fascinating for me to see how long they stick with a veteran at, at quarterback mm-hmm. when tua enters the mix and and really what once that happens what chan gailey can do with tua yeah, I mean, look, they 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 won three out of five games uh, to finish the season, beating the Patriots, mm-hmm. knocking them out of a home field advantage, beating the Eagles, playoff team, and they beat them. I mean, they you know Dylan, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had some Fitz magic in him. They found a true number one wide receiver in his fifth year in Devontae Parker, who was outstanding uh, down the stretch. Uh, I'll say this, and they started zero and seven, and they looked like it was the they looked like the Sixers tank. Right. You know, I mean, that looked like the ultimate. I mean, you saw him week one against oh, Baltimore, Jason. I mean, I mean, you would have thought, okay, why even play? Yeah. I mean, this is the tank job of all tank yeah. jobs. And But then you really saw Brian Flores and his coaching. You saw an offensive line that was dreadful to start. They just – they got better. And with a bunch of no-name guys, they got better. They drafted some guys down. They've added some people. Um, and Fitzpatrick was outstanding. So I, I think that they're – you know, they're on the right track. Um, you know, now they got to put it together and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think they're better than eight and eight, right. but if they do get better than eight and eight, Brian, Brian Flores deserves to be somehow be in the coach of the year, uh, not, you know, mentions that's for sure. Yeah. And bringing up the rear in this division for me, Baldy is the jets. And they remind me of the dolphins about this time last year when they still weren't done tearing it down. Right. Minka Fitzpatrick was kind of the last, um, move the dolphins made in terms of, of jettisoning talent. The Jets, I mean, C.J. Mosley opts out. They, they, they bend to Jamal Adams' will and eventually trade him once he starts ripping the owner. Um, Adam Gase is obviously on the hot seat, right? Uh, Brian Winters, sort of the dean of their offensive line. They let him go. Marron, I, 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 don't, I don't know about football in New York, period, this year, uh, Baldy. I think it's going to be rough. And the, the green side of town, especially so, that looks to me like a team that hasn't hit rock bottom yet. Well, it sounds like the Jets, Jason. The yeah. only the only saving grace to me is I know you know him too, but I mean I'm a big fan of Joe Douglas. Yes. And he inherited a mess yes. of bad contracts and the in that was all done backwards. The coach hired him after they fired the general manager after the draft last year. And you know, I mean what Joe got for Jamal Adams, I didn't think anybody Me could neither. And he had to do the deal. I mean, as much as I like Jamal Adams as much I think he's a good football player and a guy that you want on your team. They had to do the deal. It was just too yes. rich um, to, to be able to. I think they flee Seattle. We'll find out. Um, so, you know, they, they've got, you know, four number ones and, you know, number. I mean, they're loaded with draft capital, you know, starting next yes. season. And we'll find out. We'll find out if the coach stays. I mean, it's still Joe's evaluating everything. We know that Joe is in charge. He's got two pelts on the wall. Um I think that, you know, he is gained that that trade that he did with Jamal, I think opened a lot of eyes. I don't think anybody thought that could get done. It starts with the offensive line, Jason. 
I mean, that's what Joe always does first is try to fix it. We'll see if Mekhi Becton, I met him this offseason. I mean, if his if his play is half as good as his size and personality, right. um, you know, they've got an anchor there that they haven't had, you know, in a long yeah. time. So that's where it's going to start. That's where I'm looking for the improvement. If the offense line improves, I know Sam Darnold can play. Um, you know, that's where it's going to start. But they're they're in a building mode right now for sure. Moving to the AFC North, Baldy, I, I think this division, especially with expanded playoffs, could end up sending three teams to the playoffs. They obviously uh, have the Ravens coming in as the favorites, 14-2 and two last year, 22-year-old MVP and Lamar Jackson. Uh, they went out and had what I thought was a stellar offseason addressing that D-line with a Calais Campbell, with a Derek Wolf franchising Matt Judon to keep him in town. We'll see how much he plays with his hand down and maybe them playing a little more 4-3 then three, four, they take, you know, two linebackers early in the draft to try to beef up that group. I think they already had the best secondary in the league and Hollywood Brown fully healthy without that plate in his foot looks like a different cat. They're scary on paper. At least what do you think of the Ravens? Well, I think you said it all, Jason. I mean, I, I mean, you, you know, that team as well as anybody, um, it was, you know, all they do is just uh, reload and, you know, just the, just think about this. Like Michael Pierce goes in free agency to Minnesota to, you know, to basically anchor the defensive line, and he opts out. He's got asthma. Right. And just the – I mean, nobody would have ever known this when they signed Calais Campbell and Derek right. Wolf. How smart do those signings look? I mean, veteran players that know how to play. Calais can play any position on the defense line. Heck, he's the reigning, you know, NFL's yeah. man of the year. I mean, yeah. you just get you – know, you just – you can't get enough quality people in a locker room. You just can't. Like, that's that's where it all starts. Like, they know how to build a locker room. Like, they go – I mean, if you look at the, the history of the Ravens, I was just researching this um, when they drafted Patrick Queen. But, you know, they had Ray Lewis from the beginning, and obviously Ray was like nobody else. Then they took a year off, and they tried to patch it together when Ray retired, and they went a Super Bowl and the whole thing. And then they go and draft C.J. Mosley. And for 40 years, they're back to having that, you know, that quarterback in yep. the middle. And then C.J. Mosley goes to free agency, and they kind of patch it together last year with a bunch of guys. And they're like, nope, we need this guy. And they go get Patrick Queen. And you can debate, you know, who was the best linebacker of the draft, but you had to look – you had to say that Patrick Queen was one of the best. And so I agree that the secondary is the best in football. Um, and I think, look, that loss to Tennessee – that's the kind of loss that just sticks in your crawl all offseason. You know, Lamar's talked about it. You know, I saw Harbaugh at the, you know, at the Pro Bowl. Like, he still couldn't no. talk. Um, and he, he, half his team was at the Pro Bowl. But, you know, he still couldn't really come to grips with losing that game. And I think, you know, I talked to Greg Roman late in the year last year, Jason, and, and I said, you know, the only thing that your team hasn't had to do was face adversity, get down 14 points. Yeah. Well, they got down 14 to Tennessee in the second quarter, and they couldn't come out of the hole. So I'm sure that that is something that they won't throw it 60 times again uh-uh. if they're down 14. You know, they won't no, do I it. don't think they're going empty so, set shotgun four straight times, Baldy, and not getting right. Gus, even though Ingram was beat up, not getting Gus Edwards on the field or not running Lamar. They lost right. their identity when they, they hadn't played from behind in months. And I love J.K. Dobbins. He was my favorite running back in the draft. I mean, they just – Look, I mean, they, they've always – I mean, they've had some blind spots when they drafted over the years. But, 
Like they just sit there and they just do it better. They just yeah. sit there and wait for J.K. Dobbins to fall right into their lap on a team that ran the ball better than any team in the history of the NFL last year. The Steelers, everybody's going to talk about Big Ben, and, and understandably so, 38-year-old coming off a significant elbow injury and a guy who looked um, a little rough the six quarters of regular season football that he did play before the elbow shut him down. But but for me, Baldy, I'm just wondering, like, their identity. Like, that defense ascended last year when Fitzpatrick got there. And I guess they'll run the ball a little bit better, but I also have questions about their offensive line for the first time in five or six years. And there's no more Mike Munchak to kind of find, develop, cultivate, and plug guys in on the fly. Everyone thinks about Big Ben and, you know, A.B. and Le'Veon Bell and a bunch of different dudes catching 100 balls and 1,500 yards here and all that. I don't know if that's who they are anymore, Baldy, and and, and I don't know if they want Ben. Um, even though everybody believes in the elbow now, it's a long season. He is 38. He's not as mobile as he used to be. 40% of their offensive line is a question mark. I just wonder if this is kind of back to the Bill Cowher version of the Steelers a little bit. Well, I mean, it's it's they're built around defense here. I mean, they're, since the merger, Jason, think about this. Since the merger, only five teams, five defenses since 1970 have led the league in sacks and takeaways. Steelers were one of those five teams last year. And Minka was a huge part of it. And they're all back, you know. And they're going to get, you know, while they lose Javon Hargrave, uh, you know, they're going to get uh, Stephon Tuitt back, you know. And so, I mean, they are loaded. I mean, it was a Pro Bowl defensive line. Um, they actually did something that's really interesting to me in the second half of the season. Their third down defense, they took every linebacker yeah. off the field. Uh, Devin Bush, you know, Vince Williams, they played seven defensive backs. They put, you know, and Mark Barron is basically a yes. linebacker in, their, in that defense, and Minka can play linebacker. And they just put their best athletes and the most speed on the field. And, you know, when you look, they finished eight and eight with zero quarterback play. Right. Duck Hodges. Zero offense. They, they, you know, if you remember that, Jason, they, they were playing pit, They were playing Buffalo. Uh, they were right in the playoff hunt week 15 on a Sunday night. They scored 10 points against Buffalo. Yeah. They scored 10 against the Jets to finish the yeah. season. They scored 10 yeah. against Baltimore. They couldn't score a point. Yeah. The defense was scoring more yes. points than the offense at that point. And so if Ben just comes back and is just – and just get the ball Deontay Johnson. Right. Get it to Juju. I mean, I, you're right. They don't have to be the top five offensive football the way they were for a good stretch of time with Ben. Like, he's a hard guy to get to the ground. Um, the offensive line, look, Stefan Wisniewski has started on two Super Bowl teams. He's their left guard. DeCastro's as good as there yep. is in his business. Pouncey, I mean, Alejandro Villanueva, he's probably starting to get beat up now a little bit. But, you know, Matt Filer, I, I think the offensive line is is good enough. And with Ben back there, you can have guys hanging all over him. He's, he's going to get rid of the football. So if that arm is good, I think the Steelers' offense – Look, it could be a top 15 right. offense. That's all they need. It'll be enough yeah. to get them to the playoffs. And look, even with all that last year, Chase, remember that first that first game with uh, with Baltimore was an overtime game. It came down to a strip, you know, right? Juju got stripped the, by, the, uh, was it, I can't remember if it was Jimmy Smith or Marlon Humphrey who, who stripped Juju yeah. of the ball. Otherwise, Pittsburgh's going to win Humphrey. that game. Marlon Humphrey punched the ball out. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we we have pretty high expectations. So, I mean, I, I like I like Pittsburgh. yes, yes. We we both feel like that's those are two playoff teams. The Browns, uh, I kind of believed in them this time last year. And 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 Baldy, as much as the deck is stacked against 
especially these rookie head coaches and especially a rookie head coach coming into a situation that has been perennially toxic. I find myself believing in Kevin Stefanski. I watched a lot of his Zoom things. Not that I'm going to make too much out of a press conference, but I feel like his messaging, his organizational skills, his cerebral nature, his direct approach is so different from Freddie Kitchens. I think it's just what the doctor ordered. I think they're, they're going to have Baker three and five step drops. Keep it simple, stupid, right? We don't need three pointers anymore. We don't need the Bruce Arians bombs away offense. We want yards after the catch. We want you to be precise. We want you to get it out, make smart decisions. We don't need you to be a superstar. Just spread it around to these guys and let's get back to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. Well, I, I'm a big Kevin Stefanski fan. Um, I knew I, I knew him in Philadelphia. His dad obviously was a general manager in the NBA for a long time. He's been he knows you know when you say organizational skills. I mean he knows that he was he grew up with that. Um, he went with Brad Childress. Uh, this is you know he played football pan, but he went with Brad Childress to Minnesota. Mike Tomlin was there, um, you know, and he was trying to decide. I remember talking to him when he first went there. He was trying to figure out if I'm going to go, you know, climb the personnel ladder or climb the coaching ladder. And he ended up coaching tight ends, and you know here he is. He's he's very he's very um, he's very calm. He's he's very um, he is very organized. He speaks very clearly. I mean, he's an adult. Yeah, he's a, he's a young kid, but thirty eight years old, whatever. But I mean, he's an adult. Uh, that's what this team needs. Look, this, this running game could be lethal. Yes. Um, you know, you go get Jack Conklin. That's what he does best. You draft Jedrick Wills from Alabama. That's what he does best. You add them to Batonio and Treader, and like with that running back stable that they have, I mean, they should be a top three yes. running team in this league. Yes. And if they run the ball like that. Baker will bounce right back to what he was his rookie year. You let him go play action to a healthy Jarvis and a health, healthy Odell Beckham. They weren't healthy, neither of them. In August, they were both banged right. up last year. and They just, they both had operations this offseason. So I, I, I like what Cleveland's going to give you on offense. I like everything about their offense. Defensively, um, there's got a lot of talent there. There's no question about it. You know, can, you know, can they just put it together right now? And so – they're going to be a highly competitive team. What we saw last year was just dysfunctional from the get-go. Guys getting kicked out of games and yeah. undisciplined. Week one. It, that all falls. Five personal fouls week in. one, Baldy. I mean, it started right then and there. Yeah. yeah, and what Miles Garrett did at the end of Pittsburgh. I mean, it was just – it was embarrassing to watch. And that falls on the head coach. So, you know, I don't think you'll see that type of football team this year. I just don't. Um, I, I think Kevin Stefanski has addressed it in all different ways throughout the offseason and will continue to emphasize it. And I just don't think you're going to see that type of team this year. No, I'm, I'm with you. To me, they're, they're one of the more fascinating teams in the league. And they kind of – when Hunt came back last year, I didn't think they used enough of, of Hunt and Chubb in the backfield at the same time. And when they did, I looked at their yards per mm -hmm. carry, and it was off the charts. Yeah. I, I got to think Kevin Stefanski is going to tap into that a little bit more than maybe Freddie Kitchens did. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, look, that's what Stefanski wanted to do in Minnesota was really just, you know, run the stretch, uh, just pound the football with Dalvin Cook. And then, you know, and, and then when Kirk Cousins got a chance to really go play action the way he did, I mean, he turned his season yep. around. The Vikings turned their season around. And I can see with a development that we saw from Kirk Cousins, including a playoff win in New Orleans last year, I can see Baker on the same path this year. Because we've all known that Kirk Cousins has been a 500 
quarterback his whole career. He, he was not a big-time player. He didn't have big-time genes. I think Baker does yeah. have those genes. I do. I think he's a better player. I think he's a better deep ball thrower. I'm anxious to see. I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield, uh, going back to his days at Texas Tech uh, and then Oklahoma. But I, 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 uh, I'm looking for him to bounce back, and I'm looking for this offense with those two backs in the backfield a lot um, to really look. They, they, they went into Baltimore week four last year, and they put a forty burger up on Baltimore. Yeah. And I was the Ravens' last loss. Yeah. Uh, they 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 compete really well in this division, and I think they will again this year. Uh, Baldy, the Bengals. You talk about being dealt a tough hand with with everything. No yeah. real offseason. Not able to have people in the building. Um, now we know no preseason games. Fourteen padded practices stretched out over about three three and a half weeks. That's all the prep you get. Second year head coach, rookie quarterback who only played one year really a big time college football your left tackles never played a game in the NFL you draft a receiver in Higgins who you know sometimes that adjustment's tough for me with the Bengals it's just let me see a better product in December than September I think the first and their schedule is pretty tough early on I think you got to cut these guys some slack um September is going to be their training camp even into October well I mean look to the story is Joe Burrow I mean what he did last year in college football Nobody had ever done. Nobody had ever seen. And, you know, when Joe Brady changed the offense last year and opened it up and realized how quickly this guy goes through progressions like a Ginzu knife, when he when he saw recognized his strength and they opened the offense up, now they had Jamar Chase and Justin yeah. Jefferson. I mean, they were loaded. But um, they got five out every play, and they just let him make the best decisions. And uh, when it wasn't there, he was athletic enough to pull the ball down. Now, it's going to be different. Um, you know, going against Pittsburgh and Baltimore and seeing those teams for sure. But I I, I, I want to see something from Zach Taylor this year, to be honest with you. I, now, I know they didn't have much to work with, but I, I didn't see much of an offense from him. I don't I can't really say this is what they want to do. Um, I didn't see uh, Sean McVay in his offense. I didn't see any of the mentors that he's had. So I want to see something from Zach Taylor. I mean, yeah, uh, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of talent and he's got a young quarterback. Let's see how he protects him. And let's just – and you're right, Jace. Let's see Let's see how they play in December versus whatever the record is in September. AFC South, the Texans are, uh, I guess, the de facto sort of team to beat there. They, they tend to win that division more often than not, though they generally leave you lacking in January. Baldy, how much do you think Bill O'Brien, the GM, has handcuffed Bill O'Brien, the head coach? Well, it's 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 – it's too hard of a job. It's, it's too difficult to wear both hats. It just is. You know, you get in the middle of, you know, trading DeAndre Hopkins, like nobody nobody likes you there. Uh-uh. Now, you, you might have got very good reasons, like financially, whatever. But um, but you, you, you're in the middle. You have to be the bad guy. And nobody wants to be the bad guy and trade DeAndre Hopkins. You can't trade an elite player like that. But when you're the head coach and the GM, you have to do those. You do those things. And there's no buffer. Like, you have to take it. Now, um, you know, fortunately, they have Deshaun Watson, and when he walks into a room, he changes yeah. the room. He's just that type of a person, that type of a leader. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Like, David Johnson, is he going to be Whew. there? Is he? Is, is, oh. like I didn't see anything <laughs> in Arizona the last two years. Yep. He had one great year in his business. But, I mean, that's who, well, that's and, who you're going to be And Baldy, they're paying their left tackle $22 million a year now, and they haven't paid the quarterback yet. So you start looking long-term saying, Bill O'Brien might have handcuffed the next GM too. 
Yeah, well, it may it may affect anybody that's interested in going there. Um, you know, and because people want to go where, okay, you, you know, general managers want to go where there's a quarterback and there's a salary cap and, you know, there's something to work with to turn something around. Now, you know, um, look, I think they're – I think Tennessee, you know, made a huge jump in that mm-hmm. division last year. And I think Indianapolis will bounce back. I was around Frank Reich a couple of weeks ago. I love him. And there's just, love him. There's just nothing not to love about Frank and Chris Ballard yes. can do and the draft they had. Um, I, I think Houston's looking up at both Indianapolis and Tennessee right now. I'm with you. My, my concern with the Titans, I think Tannehill, that play action, his comfort level in that offense, I, I, I think that is still projectable. Um, but they did lose some pieces from the offensive line. Will they run it quite as well? And Baldy, the, the defense didn't have a lot of bite last year. You know, it was kind of the, the dirty little secret. I don't think Vic Beasley is answering any questions about the pass rush. Hell, I'm not even sure if he's going to be there week one at this point. I just wonder about their ability to play the kind of defense it's going to take to win in this. Not, not, I mean, not in that division so much, but if they get back to January and it's another bite at Lamar Jackson or having to face a Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if they're that kind of defense. Well, um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons only played half a season True. and he's just a man inside. True. I mean, he was a handful. He's a really good football player. Um, you know, they, uh, I, I don't, th- I think Vic Beasley, I think he failed his physical to be honest yes. with you, Jason. I, I don't believe he's mm-hmm. going to be able to count on mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, and so, you know, Harold Landry's got to, you know, to step up. Uh, I know that Vrabel can coach and he can scheme and he can do a lot of different things. I do like their secondary. I think Adoree is a really good football yes. player. Um, I think Kevin Byer is about as good a free safety as there's in football. I like a lot of players they have there. Christian Fulton is a, a guy they drafted at LSU. I think that can play. Uh, I'm not as down in their defense maybe as you right now. I like a lot of pieces that they have. On that side of the ball, I like uh, the, the the looks that they give you. I mean, they were almost a top 10 defense a year ago. Uh, that's probably about as high as they could get. But offensively, like I saw A.J. Brown just, you know, become a number one yep. wide receiver, and they needed that. Um, you know, those throws that, that Tannehill made against Baltimore are just the th- throws that you have to make. You know, they're just big – Big, big gene throws, man. Throw to Janu Smith in the end zone for the opening touchdown. I mean, it was a great catch, but it was the right read. It was a yeah. great throw. I, I sat down the film session with uh, Ryan Tannehill this year with Kurt Warner, uh, Jason. And I got to tell you, man, he, he changed my entire view of him as a player and as a person. I mean, he is rock solid, yeah. an elite athlete at that position, and really, really knows what he's looking at. I mean, he's. He's a much better player than I than I thought I saw at Miami. No, I'm 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 with you there. I, I think he'll be just fine, and and I don't think they'll regret that contract at all. I I do have to confess though, Baldy, I have some reservations about Philip Rivers. This guy had talent around him um, with the Chargers. He he was the guy I found going back looking at games, saying why did he force it there? Why did he force it there in the first quarter? You know, why did he force it there in a close and late situation? He seemed to be relying on his arm a whole lot for a guy who's, you know, close to closer to the back nine than the front nine. Um, I like a lot of what the Colts have going on, but boy, Rivers has turned the ball over a whole lot. I I, I don't know. Can, can, can Frank Wright coax that out of him? And I know they have a long relationship, 
But I find myself being a little bit of a Philip Rivers skeptic. Well, you, you, you I mean, you, you see the game the right way, Jason. I mean, I, I have the plays in my head. I mean, week two against, you know, Detroit. Yeah. You know, forcing the ball to Keenan Allen at the very end, interception. Forcing the ball against Kansas City with the chance late in the fourth quarter. Not, you know, four straight incompletions against the Raiders and forcing it deep and not just taking what the defense yep. was giving them uh, to lose to the Raiders. I mean, there was a lot of bad play from Phillip Rivers that you didn't see the year before when they were 12-4 and four and winning a playoff game and all that. And, look, I mean, at 38, this thing could go south in a hurry. It, it's, it's, you know, it did it with Johnny Unitas yeah. and Joe Namath. It did it for a lot of guys that try to hang on. And so, but I'll, the one thing I'll say is this is the best offense line I believe you played mm-hmm. behind. And so I'm willing to overlook the same things you saw um, to be able to see it. Now, I don't think the receiving core is what he had, right. you know, in you know last year uh, with the Chargers. And so we got to see about that. Now, maybe Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, all these guys come on, but it's a quarantine world and, and T.Y. Hilton hasn't stayed healthy, you know, recently. So we got to see what kind of timing he he develops because he wants to trust his receivers and he wants to just throw it up there and let him go get it. And, and that's fine. And he wants to throw it and, you know, Frank wants to yeah. run it. So yeah. uh, we'll see how many times Philip Rivers just, you know, calls it off. And so, but they're, you know, they're riding with Philip Rivers here for at least this year, riding it hard. And if he gives you somewhere closer to 2018 and 2019, then I think they have a chance of winning 10, 11 games for sure. Baldy, rounding it out with the Jags, I don't know how much we need to belabor the point here. Uh, it looks rough. Stop me if you heard this one before, Baldy. Their best player wants out again, or one of their best players, and seems to be willing yeah. to go to the wall to do so. Disgruntled guys, sort of a, a, a hodgepodge uh, a roster. Still a lot of dudes carrying cap numbers that don't come close to meeting what they actually give you on Sundays. Godspeed, Duval. Godspeed. Look, um, you're talking about Yannick Ngakwe. Um, he's a you know he, he's probably their best defensive player. Yeah. Thirty-seven and a half sacks, fifteen forced fumbles in his first four years. He doesn't want to be there. And I mean, I've talked to his agent. I mean, he, he, like he's he's willing to sell out the whole mm-hmm. year if he can't get a trade. I, I mean, he's 25 years old. I mean, he's as yeah. good a young pass rusher yeah. as in this league. Now he comes with a big, you know, there's compensation. There's a big. Uh, contract that he wants. And we see what those contracts or pass rushers look like. Nobody has that kind of, you know, uh, they don't have those kind of shekels right now, right, Jason. Right. So I mean, to sit out a year at age 25, because you just don't want to play for that organization anymore. I mean, that's what Jalen Ramsey yep. went through. And I mean, it's just, it's awful, you know, and Telvin Smith didn't want to play. Fowler, right? Fowler wanted out. I mean, this is not Fowler. good. No, it's not good. And so, look, I, I I've known Doug Marone a long time. I'm a, I'm good friends with Doug. Uh, he turned Syracuse around, yeah. he turned Buffalo around. Like he's just not going to. It, it's you know, it, it looks like it's going to end badly. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Like I like what Josh Allen showed last year, but to lose Calais Campbell, For a you know, five. just you know, the adult in the room there like that. Uh, that, that's that that's you just can't lose those kind of people, um, in any locker room. You just can't. On the other end of the spectrum at the AFC West, the reigning Lombardi Trophy winning Kansas City Chiefs. I think I speak for us both when we say we are incredibly happy for Andy Reid to to get that 
sort of anvil off his back and and to now um, taking away any arguments about him, whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame for me, whether he ever won a Super Bowl or not, he was a Hall of Fame coach. Now there is no counter argument. And the biggest development of the entire offseason for me, Baldy, is they have 12 years of Patrick Mahomes control at $2020. <laughs> Are you bleeping kidding me? Like he takes 63 in the first three years so Chris Jones can make more. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was the, the contract, and I know you saw the structure. It's unbelievable. Like the next four years, the next four years. I mean, you could call it a half a billion dollar, you know, deal. It's all that stuff, and he'll earn all of it. I remember, um, I remember one time, Jason, I was doing a game for Fox. It was Peyton Manning's final game of the season in 1998, and they were playing the Carolina Panthers. I'll never forget it. We we have a production meeting, and Peyton's there, and uh, you know, he's he's Peyton Manning. He's 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 fantastic, and. I'm working with Kurt Menefee at the time. And um, and, and we're, we're getting up and we're shaking hands, saying goodbye, good luck, all that. And I just said, hey, Peyton, by the way, like, what are you going to do with all that money? And he just looked at me and he said, I'm going to earn it. Yeah. Like, it was just classic Peyton Manning. I'm going to earn it. And, I, you know, and Patrick Mahomes will, will earn it. But the next four years are very affordable so that you can keep Chris Jones. And who knows? Maybe it's Sammy Watkins. You know, they kept him. Yeah. You know, and maybe, you know, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe it's Mitchell Schwartz or – the guy is the best player in the league. I don't care about top 100 yeah, yeah, or anything yeah. else. He's the best player in the league. Um, and, and, the, and really, the fear that he puts in every team in this league right now, Jason, you could be down 24 nothing right. in a playoff game right. and just stinking the joint up to the point where Arrowhead somehow has 80-plus thousand fans and they're just quiet. Yeah, they're like just sedated right there, right? And he's on the sideline saying, we just got to get one, guys. We just need one. Like, he – he never stopped exhorting the team. And then they went on this run, unlike anything we've ever seen before. You know, and then the next week they're down 17-7 to Tennessee. You know, and there he is making that run at the end of the first half to give him the lead. You know, and it was just back, it was just a backyard run. You know, and then down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter to San Francisco with under seven minutes to go. And it's third and 15, and he finds Tyreek. I mean, he, there's no game that you ever can feel confident about. You saw him do this stuff to the Ravens two years yes. ago. Like, he's never out of the game, ever. I don't care what the situation is. I mean, we pay top dollar in any sport, in any endeavor, to get somebody that delivers the way Patrick Mahomes delivers. No, he, he is absolutely phenomenal. And again, they have his rights for 12 more years. Look out, NFL. <laughs> I don't know about you, Baldy. For me, the Chargers, I think, on paper, and I'm kind of Lucy and with Charlie Brown and the football, and I'm Charlie Brown with this group every year, and I look at their roster, and I go to kick the ball, and then more times than not, Lucy pulls it away, and I end up flat on my backside. <laughs> but I love the composition of the defense. I like Anthony Lynn and his mentality. And we talked about Phillip Rivers, the turnover machine last year. Terod Taylor ain't turning the ball over, bro. You're not going to pry it out of his hands. He's not going to make a bad read. He's not going to force it into double coverage. He is going to keep it simple and play to your strengths. And I think they have, at least on paper, a lot of strengths. God forbid everybody gets hurt again, and that seems to be their their usual mantra um, and, and narrative. But I think they could be pretty good. Am I crazy? No, because if you say and play to your strength, your strength is your defense. Yep. I mean, you've got elite players at every level. I mean, Derwin James basically didn't play last right. year. He might be the best secondary player in the league. And there's, you know, in this world 
where really Golden State Warriors kind of coin, you know, positionless mm-hmm. basketball. I mean, they play positionless football. I mean, Derwin James can play any position. Melvin Ingram can play any position. Just ask yeah. him. He'll tell you. Yeah. They go and draft Kenneth Murray at Oklahoma, who's just – I mean, he started at Oklahoma. You just think about the guys that have played in that historical program. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson. I mean, guys that step on the field in Norman, and they're a star the day they get there, yeah. right out of high school. That's what Kenneth Murray was. I mean, he was their best defensive player at age 18. And for three straight years, he was their best player. I mean, he's going to step in there, you know, with with, with Melvin Ingram and Joey Boza and – you know, Linval Joseph goes there, and he, all he does is just clog the middle. And I mean, they just—they've got Casey Hayward. I mean, just got elite players everywhere. Like that could be a top three defense in the league. Yes, and it, you know, and they could take the ball away, you know, with the best of them. And so, you know, then uh, Tyrod, like, like this is this is what we got to do. We're going to run it, and we're going to convert on third downs. And you know, good luck trying to catch me when I scramble yep. and all that stuff. And and I and I and I am a fan. Of, of the head coach, a, a big fan. And I've been around him a bunch. Man, that guy has just got leadership qualities, man. Yeah, you follow that. You follow Anthony. Yes. Lee. To me, the Broncos and Raiders, I kind of feel like I, I flip a coin and it comes out different. Like the Broncos, I'm buying the defense. I think Von Miller will, will bounce back. Not that he had a terrible season, but he seems incredibly driven. I, I think they've, they've, they went through their – growing pains with Vic Fangio. They get that he's old school. He's gruff. I, I think they can handle that now. Um, they've got a ton of new pieces, young pieces on offense, though, and with no offseason, I'm not sure how quickly that gels and with a new offense and everything else. And the Raiders, the offense should be pretty good. I, I just don't know if, if they can stop anybody, and I just don't know if Derek Carr can finally open it up, can finally take the extra yards with his legs or with his arm when it's there and be a little more of that gunslinger that Gruden needs. Well, that's what they want Henry Ruggs to be. You know, they want him to be their cliff branch. Yeah. And he's capable of doing it. I mean, he's, but you know, rookie wide receivers, I mean, they're, we're, they're, they're getting better and better and they're making earlier contributions. Last year's class was really good. They need him to be really good right away. Uh, the tight end was, was awesome last yes. year. And Darren Waller, yes. I mean, he was awesome. Uh, Josh Jacobs was awesome. The offensive line was just – they just mangled people. They mangled the Bears. They mangled the Broncos. I mean, they they get after it. They're fun to watch. Uh, you know, we, you know, defensively, I don't know. Like, they make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I don't know the Cleveland Farrell to me. He just doesn't look like – he just doesn't look like an elite pass no. rusher to me. Now, maybe in a second year, I love Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's something special. Uh, they just keep patchworking this, the whole defense, whether it's Prince of Mukamara this year or Demarius Randall. I mean, they just keep patchworking the thing. And, you know, maybe they'll get it right. I mean, the linebacking core is just patchwork. Nick Krakowski and Corey Littleton. And yeah. they, I just don't know that they're ever going to just put a championship defense out there right now. Uh, I like the Broncos defense. I mean, I like what Vic does. Yeah. They did it last year uh, without Bradley Chubb. Uh, and they were still a top ten defense, but this this linebacker Alexander Johnson is just a freak, man. I mean, he's two hundred fifty pounds, got this hair flowing the back of his helmet, <laughs> runs like a just a deer at linebacker. I I like their defense a great deal. Bryce Callahan coming back didn't play last year. AJ Bouye, I I think their defense could be really good and keep them in a lot of games. And I'm with you, like I I want to see what this offensive line looks like. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I mean, you, you, they're rebuilding the whole group, and Juwan James is out. I mean, they're rebuilding the whole group um, outside of the left guard and left tackle, who I don't like Eric anyways. Eric Bowles, man, geez, a whiz. So, cut, your, cut your losses, right? They're, they're not, obviously. We're beyond that point. point. I don't know how many more games you got to watch of him just Ooh, getting torched, get torched in this league. Uh, they're trying to rebuild this offensive line, and I love Mike Munchak as well as yes. much as anybody. This is a tough assignment in a you know quarantine world to really build an offensive line behind a quarterback that's not the backup anymore. You know, starting his last five games, this is the starter. There's no place to hide. Like he's got to go do it. And so, I thought they kind of missed. I mean, they went in the draft. They 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 took Hamler and they took Judy, which. It's great if you have a great offense line to really prove a quarterback. Right. But if you don't, those guys sometimes, you know, if you can't get the ball to them, what good does it do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were pretty much simpatico on a lot of this stuff. That always makes me feel good when Baldy backs up my <laughs> opinions. And that that helps me sleep better at night. I don't know about you, Baldy, but I had a blast. This was great. Um, this was the first ever uh, edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL. I am at Jason Lockenfora. It's a whole lot of vowels in there, but it's just like it sounds. It's not as hard as you think. And please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Baldy, what do you say we do this again next Wednesday, brother? Let's, let's do the NFC next week. Let's let's kind of do the, the run-through. It's a good homework assignment for both of us as we get ready for the season. As it is, I think, for the fans, just kind of giving the overview but pretty soon, we're going to start talking about some real football. Amen. You know, injuries are going to pop up. There's going to be some COVID tests. There's going to be changes that the league's got to do in order to make this thing safer and all that. Um, and so we're going to get to the nitty-gritty, I think. You know, after we kind of yep. comb the NFC next week, Jason, so I look forward to joining you next Wednesday, buddy. Can't wait, brother. Have a great week. I look forward to talking to you.